0: The you are
1: listening to What Drive!
2: Welcome to the... of three at F3. We're your time-traveling duo over here. I'm the... I'm Tuner and that's the... The future is now, my friend.
3: Good hey, good what is it? It's Tuesday good Tuesday afternoon from F three, the yep. heart of Freight Alley. What's lively mind, comments to,
2: lively comments too. This is this is live we're seeing like what you're saying here. Great chat room. Hope you all had a great lunch. By the way, you're like the walking wounded. Let's take a look at the scouting report oh right man, here. Uh-oh. It's how my co-host showed up. Throw this up here. Look at, look at this. that. Hey. Showed up with a, with a broken wheel. What's yeah, going on I got there? a bad wheel, bro. What <laughs> what it's a there?
3: freak barbecuing accident.
2: All right. Well, <laughs> we're going to have an exclusive interview on your broken wheel in the What the Truck right. newsletter, which will be out this week. But there I just have one question for you. Yeah. Are you ready to truck it? I'm always ready to truck it, man. Let's do it, brother. We got some fantastic guests in studio. Before we get to them, we have to... uh we have to just set the table over here. So there's a bunch of prizes going on at this event. And you, with, with oh gosh, check-ins yeah. and with comments and with going to different virtual booths, you collect all these points. And if you collect the most points, you're entered to win things like a pink Jeep tour, a rock climbing school, mountain escape weekend. You're going to learn to fly outdoor adventure experience, a fly fishing excursion. And there's a grand prize of a super car track experience, all really cool stuff. Plus, there's all these different swag bags from many of our different sponsors at this event. Wow,
3: that's awesome. What is a pink truck tour?
2: I don't know what a pink truck tour okay. is, but I would like to thank our sponsor today. We <laughs> want to thank you. We want to thank Daimler Trucks North America, who in collaboration with Platform Science today announced the launch a virtual vehicle, which is an OEM platform that will transform the industry. Find out more at DaimlerTrucksNorthAmerica.com. But let's jump to our two guests who are in studio over here. It's Mika Osborne and Will Jones from LoadFlex. Gentlemen, thank you for taking the trip down the road here in Tennessee and joining us at Freight Alley. Oh, thank you for having us.
3: Hey, guys. So uh, tell us about LoadFlex. What is
1: going on there? Introduce yourselves a little bit. Uh,
4: my name is Will Jones. I'm CEO and uh, co-founder of uh,
1: LoadFlex. And I'm Mike Osborne, CTO and co-founder of LoadFlex as well. And uh, we've got a truck management system platform, and we want to show
4: it off at the demo. Uh, I think our demo is tomorrow around 10, 1030 or so. So we're excited to be here at Freight F3 Freight Waves. Absolutely.
2: One thing that your copy talks about, I was was looking at your site, and I I got an advanced look at this demo, and uh, the big crux of it is automating the trucking industry. So what's your philosophy on automating the trucking industry?
1: Well, we're focused on, you know, a lot of the the, the smaller to mid-size carriers, and we've noticed that there's so many inefficiencies in this area that we wanted to uh, focus mostly on load entry and connecting with your partners and uh as well as when you're actually doing load settlements and uh you know invoicing and 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 payroll for your drivers we're focused on automating those parts you know rating and stuff like that Um, whereas the dispatching side we're just more or less trying to streamline that and make that easy because that's extremely difficult to automate and that's usually you know the secret sauce of you know every carrier they all do it a little bit differently um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what our, our main goal is and what we're trying to achieve uh, with load flex.
3: So, Will, uh, the way I understand it, you guys are hitting the, the smaller carriers, right? The the, the the smaller owner operators, is that what it is more of a back office thing and a dispatch type of thing as well as a, as, as hooking up those loads and, and rate confirmations?
4: Yeah, what we've been seeing is uh, <clears throat> when we go into these truck carrying companies, or the trucking companies, uh, anywhere from 25 trucks to about 150, uh, somewhere in that area they're going to start having issues with uh, their spreadsheets aren't working anymore. So that's when we come in and we actually give them a, layer, a lower price uh, versus our competitors like, uh, I don't want to mention them right now, but um, it makes it a lot cheaper for them to start running on software versus like a big upfront cost. We're more pay as you go versus like here's version 1.0 and we're going to charge you $100,000. We're going to be more like 7999 a month per truck per month and you just pay as you go, no contracts. So it makes it a lot easier. And uh, it makes these companies and their people running it, their life way easier to do more things. So it automates it and Mike has done a good job. Mike has developed the whole system for us and I run the business side of everything. And uh, so far, so good. Our customers have been very happy.
2: Well, you guys look like the dynamic duo, like us up here. How did you two connect and decide to start this company together?
4: Well, it's been a long road. No uh, easy uh, story on that one. But Mike and I have known each other for years. We've known each other, I guess, like, at least 20 years we've known each other. So he's not pulling any fast ones on me, I know that one. (laughs) I know everything about him.
1: Yeah, and we just, uh, you know, we got into this industry, started building some software, we started working with carriers uh, directly. You know, we didn't want to grow too fast. Uh, We really wanted to focus on uh, delivering for the customers we do have and and providing an awesome product that can actually help these carriers uh, grow and uh, be a lot more efficient from, you know, from load entry all the way to you know, uh, all, all the reporting side of accounting, you know. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's been our main focus, and we're yeah,
4: it's going really well. We're so pretty far. excited. And if add, you're a trucking company out there that fits that description, uh, give us a call or look us up at loadflex.io on our website. Uh, our email and our numbers on that. Uh, we'd really like to uh, hear from you.
3: Yeah, that, that's, uh, it's, it's really excellent stuff, and it's a good story that's going on here. So, but when I look at this, the, the, the dispatch feature, does it handle irregularities like unpredictable dock delays and appointment systems and that kind of stuff? Does it help manage that type of stuff for some of these smaller fleets as they, as they grow? Like you said, they start growing and love this business, and all of a sudden things get unmanageable. That's where you guys stop, st- step in, right? So yeah. talk about some of that stuff.
1: Well, we connect directly with your ELD providers, and uh, there's actually a driver mobile app that allows you to uh, be completely in the know of everything that's going on at, at, all, at all times, you know. Um, so those kind of efficiencies are, you know, what we've achieved. Uh, and, you know, obviously pulling all the ELD information, <laughs> you can see. Very cool. So who are you integrated with? Do you have customers yet? Who's running the system? Uh, we're integrated with Samsara, E-Road. Uh, we've got I mean, uh, Blue Jay Solutions. We're integrated with them, doing uh, a lot of Coca-Cola. We've done a lot of different EDI connections, uh, things like that. Four Kites, uh a lot of different platforms. There's a lot of things with. that we have.
4: I mean, if you've got something you want to integrate with, you could call us and uh, we could probably figure it out.
3: Gotcha. So it's a, you guys. You guys are basically providing solutions. It's not a cookie ty- cookie cutter type of thing, which I kind of gathered from the pricing structure. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk about that pricing structure and the, insu- and the and the importance of that. Are you finding a lot of success with that? Where it's like a per vehicle. I thought you said that it was like a per vehicle, uh, a subscription fee, right? right? So they could grow or flex down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, are they able to do that pretty pretty easily as they grow with drivers
1: and, and flex down with drivers? Talk yeah. About what's
2: the seventy nine ninety nine get you? And what kind of ROI are companies seeing on this?
1: Yeah. I mean, w- with our platform automating so many pieces of their uh, of their process there you know it's creating a lot of you know gap where other people that work at these companies can focus on other things so they're actually able to grow so much that you know the software pays for itself so we've had no issues with with anyone uh, on the pricing Uh, usually they're they're pretty excited about you know the pricing actually
2: excellent guys well you kind of give the website out there but where do people go to learn more
4: uh loadflex.io is our website so you can go on there and read more about it there's our contact information is on there uh contact me will jones i'd love to talk to you and hear from you um we can set up a a demo during this conference if anything uh we're available after the conference even and we're very available so loadflex.io click on contact and call will jones
2: very good. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us at F3. We, we enjoyed hearing about that. You know, big issue, Michael Vincent, yeah. going on right now is talent, right? So many different founders oh, yeah. here, starting companies, so yeah. many people growing through this freight tech explosion. That has happened in the market on yeah, freeways and sellers. No I, had, I had Jet just on last week, and one of the things he was talking about was like, it's awesome how quick we're growing, but you also need to hire the staff, right? To have, to have the people there to handle all these accounts. Well, right now, we are going to be talking about the talent wars with Lauren Russell over at Armstrong Transportation, oh, okay. where she's the chief marketing officer. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Love
2: it. I love the room you're in right now. Where are you sitting right now? You look like you're at your own That's conference.
5: You know, uh, my sports center set up uh, one of we just are actually in our conference room. And recently we started a training program. So our videographer hooked me up today.
3: Beautiful. Yeah, so hey, Lauren, hey, welcome to the program as well. Uh, this is an interesting topic and, and an interesting type of twist to this. So let, let's talk about it a little bit, right? And, and what has happened uh, to the talent pool? What is happening with the, the fight or the war for talent? And what do you see going into the future? Is it likely to just continue going out into 2022?
5: I think we're going to see this definitely through 2022. So just, I'm not just marketing and my background was HR and recruiting. So if it feels off the wall that I'm talking about this, that's sort of how it comes full circle, but I've been recruiting in logistics and transportation since about 2004, um, Part of what I do is certainly hiring our W-2 employees here in the office. I've always worked on that. And then we also, we're an agent-based model. Mm. So we have agents throughout the country. So in terms of these W-2, which I think are these big talent wars that we're kind of seeing, is just this switch from always wanting customer sales, um, account managers to needing the carrier side. So we need our capacity reps, our carrier sales, ex- you know, especially experienced ones that are used to negotiating and, you know, getting regular carriers that they're working with. And so that's been a shift really that I've seen um, since the start of 2021, hiring tons of those people. Um, And I think that's happening throughout everybody in logistics and transportation because capacity is so tight.
2: Yeah. I mean, does that, here's an interesting question for you. Does that change the... The level of quality of talent, is it better for the market or because so many people are looking and are desperate to bring in talent, are they just hiring everybody? And we all know how bad, how awful a bad hire can be, especially in a startup. A a bad hire can set you back months, right? So it's a very challenging market. A lot of people looking to jump ship during the Great Resignation, but you also want to make sure that the ones that are landing on your ship are the right one, right? Right.
5: So I see us doing a combo where we're taking we're really looking for experienced reps with a couple years um, under their belt that we can get in and train on our platform pretty easily. But you can't ignore. I mean, I've always been of the mindset: hire the folks right out of college, hire the bartender, the person that wants to change industries, and train them in the way that mm-hmm. you can do it, and mm-hmm. and kind of get them trained up. We launched Armstrong Academy, which is our in-house training, partially to work on that. But, yeah, we're doing both. And I think you also need to reward your current employees because you don't want to lose, you know, during the great resignation, that good staff and have them go other places. So we've been doing sign-on bonuses for carrier reps, which is nothing I've ever seen before. Um, Continuing to do referral bonuses, which has always been great for us. Um, And then partnering with staffing agencies. I was always kind of that bootstrap person, came from a startup mentality. I'll do it myself. I don't want to pay that's out the window. We'll use any means necessary right now to get the right talent.
3: Ooh, any means necessary to get them in there. Those are strong <laughs> words. <laughs> but, you, you know, it, it's interesting because there, there's a switch, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit. You said marketing, it's weird that you're marketing and we're talking about recruiting. I don't think that's all that weird at all. And I don't think you think that's weird at all. You've got to market to the people to bring in the right sure. recruits. Talk about that switch from marketing to we got to get sales going. Now there's sales all over the place. You got to get the capacity to fill it. Now you're doing that with the employees as well. How has that switch been?
5: So, um, you know, we've really put a focus on marketing both to, I look at trying to get agents in the door as a sales cycle. That's different than your traditional hiring. So we've always been marketing to them and kind of treating that like a sales cycle and trying to get them in. But definitely to your point now, we're also, besides looking for customers, now we're trying to market ourselves out there to the candidates. Um And then also to help our agents find candidates for their offices. So um, really doing the same thing we've always done, but just trying to get out there on more levels to really focus on social media more, to get those referrals, and then to get your people sharing your content, right? So if you have an open position, Mm. if I post it or Armstrong posts it, fine. But if we get 100 of our employees posting it, there's a better chance that they're going to know someone who's right for the job and might be interested.
2: You know, there's so many people, especially in this industry, I mean, all industries right now, but salary individuals that are looking around, they're seeing their friends jump to new places and get bigger salaries. They're seeing them go independent, right? And I've been in freight sales before, Michael Vincent, and, um, you know, sometimes there's a fear of getting off that salary, right? It's a, it's a safety net. Yeah. I gotta tell you, in freight sales, at any moment of any given day, someone can send you an email saying, you know, bring in your cell phone and laptop. So, <laughs> it is now a great time to go that independent route and really test the market now that Maybe that there's a safety net
5: just in the market, not just in the salary. Sure. Um, we've been recruiting, obviously, agent-based models since we started 15 years ago. I've been here for nine years. Our best hires traditionally had always been an agent who was experienced, because we do require experience, coming over and then making that transition to Armstrong. Now what we're seeing is people that are W-2 like, wow, my company is making tons of money. And yeah, I may be getting a good salary and I have benefits and all that, but now it's worth taking that risk. Um, and I can make 70 or 75% commission and continue to work at home in my pajamas and like never go back in, um, and all that. So we are seeing a big shift. I think also, um, if you're an agent, you're super busy. We're all busy right now. The market's crazy. So agents are having a harder time leaving a spot because just it's going well for them and they're busy where employees are maybe taking a moment and saying, well, I could start my own thing. I could run my own business. This is going to really be my chance. And so most of our best prospects and agents this year have come from employee models, which is just a complete change from what I've ever seen.
3: Interesting. So talking about the agents, are you seeing more and more uh, people wanting to make that leap to there? And do you have W-2 employees that ask for that and you assist with that? Or, or how does that work?
5: So typically, are it, so are you talking about coming from somewhere else as a W-2 and wanting to transition to being an agent here?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, both ways. But I mean, specifically, I guess I was asking about your W-2 employees trying to transition out of their role there and become an agent for So.
5: We're trying to keep them happy so they won't leave (laughs) by whether it's, you know, perks or hybrid schedule or whatever. I mean, of course it could happen, but something that we did over this last year across all departments, um, and not just, you know, the brokers and the carrier sales reps was really evaluating pay and evaluating salary and looking at inflation and how everyone's getting paid more and what they can command in the market. And you can't ignore your people that you already have. So we saw a lot of pay increases, um, you know, for for your good people, right? You're going to reward them to stay. It's much better to keep an employee who's trained, who likes the organization, than have them leave. And then that cost per hire and all that goes way up. So we're trying to keep our W-2s happy and reward them. And then we're trying to make it a soft landing for the folks that are coming from somewhere else and want to get into that agent model. So we're sort of straddling both sides of it. It's It's an interesting spot to be in.
2: You know, in the comments here, someone by the name of Jonathan Marsh, they said, one of the most supportive staff to independent agents. So let's end on there. How do you provide that support, and what can someone expect if they join your team?
5: Sure. So, you know, we started off really small. When I started, there were 15 of us. It was tiny. We kind of knew everybody. We've gotten bigger, but we only have about 135 agent offices. Um, Now, some of those offices are multi-person, but we keep – All of our staff here in Charlotte, our back office is all based here. You're assigned to an accounting team, a collections team, and we have a help desk. So essentially our agents like Jonathan, who's awesome, thanks for coming in, they get to know us. Um, They're talking to the same people all the time. And say I'm someone's agent recruiter and they have a problem, they know they can always come to me. So... um, you know, I, those phone calls, those, you know, something's not right. I have a question. We take them, we take them in the evening, we take them on the weekend. So they just know that they're not going, I guess to, you know, a call center somewhere that they're going to get the same folks. So we try to, even though we've gotten bigger and we've grown and there's more people, we try to keep that same feeling, which can be hard to do right through growth. There's change, but I feel like we do in-person events. We get to know our people, um, You know, we travel with them, and that really helps have that bond so that they know they can kind of count on you and and go to you. So um, that's why we like working with our agents and love meeting them in person.
2: Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it too. And I implore you to go check the comments. After this interview here, and you'll see that uh, there were some great responses from uh, members of your team, agents who know who you are. So thank you very much.
5: Awesome. Thanks. And sorry about your bum wheel, Michael. Oh, thank you so much, Lawrence. (laughs)
2: It's healing up. It's healing up. I feel appreciated. Uh, See, she's awesome. Yeah, some people care, (laughs) one or two. Um, (laughs) Hey, let's find out about creating GateGo, right? Uh, About a passion for technology and transportation meeting together with a gentleman by the name of Adrian Garcia, who, as I understand it, only graduated high school last year. And I was going to call him the Doogie Howser of Freight Tech. But then one of the younger people in the back reminded me that you're Nobody 40 years, years old and no one's going to get that reference <laughs> dooner. So maybe you should go with like Billie Eilish. So maybe he's the Billie Eilish of Freight Tech. I'm not sure. Adrian, thank you for joining us today.
6: Thank you for having me on the show, guys.
2: That's pretty about. <laughs> awesome. so, so did you just skip like, you're not going to go to college, you decided to launch a Freight Tech company? Were you chomping at the bit with the idea for Gateco? So I was at UT for
6: a while, um, but then I pursued my, my passion for technology. Um, but... Yeah, it was at the University of Texas at Austin um, for a while, and then that's when I decided to to jump the ship into, into this industry. Wow. <laughs>
3: it is absolutely So what made you make that decision, right? I was looking at it. It looked like you were in high school at Stanford, at UT, and a yeah. couple other at the same time. Everybody fighting over you. said, you know what, I'm going to go into this industry. And so What was the actual yeah. thing that made you decide that?
6: So with my background, um, how I got into this industry was both of my grandparents from both sides of, the, of my family they were truck drivers and they started transportation companies so my blood is heavily uh, in that industry and so um I, I went to 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 visit some of some of these um, companies and i saw their workflows and, and how they operated and a lot of these were, were outdated processes where they're using clipboards um and excel and so where we dive in uh with Gateco is more on the yard management side where um, instead of using a clipboard and excel to to manage these yards um, we created a, a solution for that so i, I combined my passion um, for this industry with, with my with my background in technology.
2: Adrian, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of my journey. When In 2005, I was like 25, 26 years old, and I started at FedEx Trade Networks. And we weren't even scanning entry packets. No. Then. And Entry packets are something we share back and forth all of the time. Yeah. We were sending gig- like crates, like crates full of documents back and forth to people. And to me, who'd been, you know, not completely digitally native, but I've been in the digital world for a while. To me, this process looked completely broken. So with your young, fresh eyes, so many of these processes must look ridiculous to you compared to newer technologies that are out there. Is that not sort of what inspires you?
6: Yeah, that's that's exactly. Um, I want to simplify, and so uh, talking about kind of improving the workflows. Um, I, I did a certification in UX design, and that's really helped me kind of take a look, a fresh look at how it's being done now, and then um, combine it with with a more a more intuitive way of doing it.
3: So, Adrian, let's talk about the uh, gate go. Are we talking about in gate, out gate, at ports, at at uh, DCs, at uh, where where, where the where these where's this being used at? How does it work?
6: Yeah. So any, any yard, whether they're a warehouse or a carrier, or maybe it's a drop yard where they're dropping trailers. Uh, so it's, it's a way to manage uh, the check-ins and the checkouts, outs uh, see what's going on, see what trailers are empty, ready to go. Uh, because if you're talking about that optimization um, for using your trailers, you want to make sure that you don't have parked trailers there for a long time. You want to be using them. Uh, and so we give that visibility at, at these yards. Um, you're able to have visibility of, of the trailers with pictures. And also, same time you're doing the check in, instead of asking for the license every single time the, the truck, the driver comes in, you're able to autofill this and, and have the software do all the
2: work for you. How challenging is it to get the docs to be receptive of this? Right, I imagine drivers yeah. will, will love sure. something like this because it, it keeps them moving, um, less interaction with people, less dealing with attitudes, less dealing with all, all those sort of problems and things that can mount up. and And this might sound like a joke, but I speak to a lot of drivers and they talk about you know waiting in detention, these check ins. They can be big problems. They can create sure. a lot of animosity, especially on loops that these drivers are are used to, which can create anxiety, which causes drivers to ultimately leave the workforce. Michael Vincent, yeah, that's absolutely so, right. But so, how receptive has the other? Side been how receptive have the docs been to this?
6: yeah, that's right. Um, whenever it's so whenever there's change, um, there's always that that backlash of um, well they they might be uh, stressed or you you get you get a uh, you get feelings uh, that that you don't want to be uh, but uh, no it's it's uh, it's important to to kind of have empathy with the people using the software mm. and be able to look at their approach, see their pain points and and always improve, right so uh, to 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 have that um, to to make it used by by all the all the carriers and, and drivers. Yeah,
3: and, and you know everybody's trying to optimize the utilization of the capacity, and for good reason. We're seeing what's going on right now, right? And a lot of the shortage is absolutely inefficiency, right? We can argue yeah. all day long about driver shortage, all that kind of crap. But when you get down to the terminal level as well, I used to go into the terminals first day visiting, and I put dimes on top or ni- or pennies, a coin on top of the tires to see if they moved over the three days that I was there, right? Yeah. And kind of inventory control. What is the interface with this? How I saw, I was looking on there and shows like this truck has it or this trailer hasn't moved in two days or whatever, and its maintenance is. Coming up, that type of stuff. How is it tracking the actual movement? Is it key
6: input? Is it is it RF? What what what's the inputs for this? So um, the the entry of these trailers, it's done by a guard with a with a tablet. So you you check in, uh, you take the pictures, you enter the name, and and their their profile autofills. Uh, but as you're mentioning about the checking the the tread of the tires with with a dime. So we we in, integrated a whole workflow for this. So for uh, fleet owners and and uh, yards that own assets. Um, there's two things very important, which is issues making sure that they're DOT compliant and um, they don't break down on the road. And the other, the other one is the tire inspections. You want to make sure that the tires don't blow out on the road, right? So um, we have a whole workflow where, where the guards can can take a minute or two to uh, check every tire document to very quickly in our software, and then they're able to to give that data over. I mean, automatically give that data over to the office, and they're able to analyze. Okay, this tri- this uh, tire is is worn down. We need to swap it out, or maybe this trailer has a certain issue. So we do have um, we do have those features for, for fleet owners, and we're also um, integrating with with other uh, fleet management software, so so they're able to have to um, integrate all their all their tools in one place.
2: Now, Adrian, I love your story. So, before I let you go, I just have one last question here. It's, you know, over in the in the Valley, Silicon Valley, they're they're very used to young founders. But in the crusty world of trucking, um, how have you been received?
6: I mean, it's it's hard because when they see a young person just um, trying to show them something, they're like, "Well, what do you know about about trucking, right?" So, yeah. I think it's important to to always have um, this this fresh look and 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 young mindset. Uh, we need more young people. Uh, like myself, working on these inefficiencies to to kind of um, make to improve improve the, the 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 industry.
2: Now, Adrian, where do people go to learn more about GateGo and maybe connect with you? Yeah, so um,
6: they're able to connect with me on LinkedIn. As far as GateGo, they can book a demo on our on our website. They can go to GateGo.io um, and schedule a, a demo there. And then we also offer a free trial um, that they're able to to uh, go on there and try it out for themselves. Um, and if they need any help, we're able to, to help them out and, and hopefully uh, improve their workflow at the gate uh, for to manage their yard. Wow.
2: Well, hey, man, we Excellent really appreciate, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for, I mean, F3, speaking of the future, freight future right there. And, you there know, is. it's a great sign to see uh, a kid like that on the show, or a man like that, a young man like that on the show. I don't even want to call him a kid; he's a no, young man, right? He's a young man. He's
3: in the freight business,
2: and that's what we need. How young, bright long minds. We, we have? We don't attract enough people like that coming in here. You know, it's usually it's usually second chance, last chance hotel yeah. for a lot of us, and you don't you don't get people in here until they're jaded and bitter and twenty five or thirty five or forty five. Not like, <laughs> you know, going to six <laughs> schools at once in high school, then jumping over here. Yeah, that's you're, cool. No, you're absolutely right.
3: I mean, even us that came in here the first career, we started out as doctors in freshman year. Yeah. And we came out
2: as truckers at the end of college. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're about to go to break left we'll more. What the Truck right after this. Hey, welcome back to What the Truck. And happy four year anniversary to Daniel Pickett, one of our. Lead data scientist over here, right? He's the man that he's the uh, the Oz behind Sonar.
3: He is. He's 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 the guy behind the uh, curtain. Don't pay attention to him though.
2: Hey, hey a little four a little one, two, three, four, four cowbells for you, everybody. By the way, this is what the truck. We are a podcast. It's three times a week, airing live at noon Eastern Time on TV. Also, you can hear it on audio on podcast players everywhere. Just look up "What the Truck"? We are top twenty business news rated podcast, the best in the business, baby. You know so that's you've right. You've made it. You know that's right. Now let's talk to uh let's talk to Daimler. Let's talk to Sanjeev Kurana. Right, he yeah, is with Daimler. He's a general manager D- digital vehicle solutions. It's a very big day for them because he's a Michigan alumnus, and Michigan is ranked number nine in the AP poll today. Now. Let let me ask you something first. Is that too low or too high? That's way
0: too low. got to be higher than that. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> yeah, it should be a much higher number. It should be like 15, 16, 17, something like that. Yeah.
0: Right? okay. I, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, bu-
3: a Buckeye. I had to give you some shade, man.
0: You uh, have to get in there. <laughs>
2: well, let me, so, hey, you had a very exciting partnership that started last year, right? And it's, it's developed into a product which has been launched this year. Give us a little background on it and what just came together with your announcement.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys, and great yeah. show so far, really enjoying the, the guests. So um, you know, we started our, our journey with connectivity as Daimler uh, three or four years ago where, when we started connecting our trucks uh, to our own ecosystem and creating digital solutions that help our customers manage their trucks. And from the very beginning, we decided that we wanted to focus our efforts on creating solutions which help our customers with their uptime and safety because those are the things we know how to do best, and we can focus on that. And the partnership with Platform Science really came about of, uh, for, for us in terms of leveraging an external partner who can really help us create a, an ecosystem, a platform, where we can provide fleet solutions to our customers. Because we know what we're really good at, which is focusing what we know about the truck. And with Platform Science, we decided to have this partnership last year where we can start to establish a platform for uh, fleet solutions for our customers, and that's where we are today.
3: Yeah. So did 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 the product announcement that was was that the, the vision and and then the formation of the partnership, or was a the partnership there to develop something along these lines kind of nebulously, and it grew from that partnership?
0: Yeah. a so the question. So actually, when we started our partnership last year, this was exactly our vision to arrive at a product uh, that we are announcing today, which is to create a a, a, a virtual vehicle, a platform where we can. Offer uh, an open platform where we can offer our customers solutions uh, of their choice, right? And that was really the vision to create an open ecosystem, an open platform for our customers so they can pick and choose the applications that, that best suit them. And that and it took us a little while to get here from where we were last year. And, and a big shout out to our teams at the uh, DTNA, our connectivity team, and and the platform science team for developing this product, developing this vision, and making making it come uh, making making it a reality today.
2: You know. I originally came from the music industry. That's what I went to, to college for. And with keyboards, if you wanted equipment, you wanted to synthesizer, you had to buy a new synthesizer, a new patch bay cables, a new synthesizer. Then, in the 2000s, software synths came out. And that meant just all you needed was a compatible computer, and you could do all those same things without needing all those hardware. Okay. That sounds similar to what's going on with the virtual vehicle, right? So, you, different telematics platforms, different ELD platforms, whatever it is, they can all interface almost a little bit like maybe like Apple Play, right? For a car. Am I uh, describing this properly?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's correct. I mean, the idea is that we want our fleets to be able to pick and choose the applications that they want without having to change the hardware in the truck. And the truck itself has a lot of sensors today. So we have all the data from the truck, whether it's video cameras or other uh, sensors, telematic sensors, and all of that data that we have already. We want to be able to offer a services platform where we can leverage that hardware which is already built in. And basically, it allows our customers and third-party developers to create applications without having to worry about the hardware in the truck Changing the, the the hardware or adding you know new new devices, all of that is built in, and that really is the power of the truck as a platform.
3: So, Sanjeev, the the implications of this would come to mind is if I'm ordering a truck or I'm ordering a fleet of trucks, not only do I get color and that type of stuff as an option, uh, will there be a suite of apps and that type of stuff that I can have already preloaded on this
5: truck?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 basically you can. Uh, pick and choose the apps you want, um, and you can pick and choose the apps when the truck is delivered or in the field, right? And that's the beauty of this. Uh, we can update the configuration of the truck over the air, and basically you can you know choose the uh, the apps you want and change them later on, and you can switch from one ELD provider to the next, um, and that really is the power of creating this very open platform, which is built on the the, the data that the truck provides, and and that's really what the work we did la- over the last year. How to, how do how to integrate that, and make sure we that with our customers. Um, and make sure that all those apps that we are going to put on the platform work with each other. So that, that really is a power. You know, the benefit here is that it's an open platform, and that's the biggest advantage I see that uh, as, a, as a fleet customer, you're not tied to a certain ecosystem of proprietary hardware or software. You can pick and choose whatever you like. And the second point is it's all built into the truck. So you don't have to worry about uh, changing your devices when you change your software.
2: You know, the, the App Store for Apple, it really exploded, right? And it, and it and it just brought developers in. It really attracted them because they knew that there weren't all these legacy systems that people were locked into, and now there was mm. an entry point to go through. Yeah. Is that one of the goals here to make this attractive to developers and, and to new entries and, and players in the market to really help advance technology forward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a developer perspective, you know, this platform offers a developer API um, and allows the developers to create an app and immediately publish it to the platform and not worry about Making it work with different hardware configurations all that is taken care of by the platform and really you know beyond the apps themselves for the customer so the, the platform offers a set of tools to manage these devices and I think that's the difference between connectivity in a you know automobile application versus a truck application for us our customers have many devices tablets that they're managing and the platform offers a way for the for our customers to be able to manage these different devices make sure the right apps are loaded on each tablet and change those around and then you know update the tablet as needed so, these, are, these tools are also part of the platform. So, it's not only the apps, but obviously the developer uh, toolkit and then the, the tools for our customers to be able to manage these apps and the devices.
3: So, Sanjeev, with the removal of the, uh, some of the hardware, right, and the interchanging of the hardware, et cetera, and you're going right to this, this app model, um, d- does this bring in those, the, does this make the technology more available to those that can't maybe afford all that type of stuff and, and bring some better productivity to some of the smaller players, kind of level that playing field a little bit, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's you know, again, from an app developer perspective, you don't have to invest in hardware, applica- hardware, figuring out how to integrate it into a truck. Uh, you can focus on creating the best possible app, and you have a platform to publish it. So that really is you know beneficial, and I see it as a win-win-win for the developers, for us, and for our customers. And and from a customer perspective, absolutely. You know, they can uh, the the switching costs obviously go down uh, clearly, and they can uh, they can customize that experience for the driver and down to even you know, different, uh, different drivers in their fleet. So it really opens up uh, the possibility to, uh, to, to be able to create a more customized experience for the drivers and also be able to scale this across uh, you know, a large number of trucks.
2: Look, if you want to speak the language of trucking, you want to speak the language of tires turning, right? Downtime trucks do not make money. It's that simple yeah, in this business. Right. How much time is lost to uh, to software misalignment and upgrades and all of those kind of things? And and how much can this restore? How much quicker can this get those trucks, those wheels turning?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, right from the very beginning, you know, typically when a, in, a, in, in our current environment, when a truck leaves a factory, you know, our customers might take it to a uh, Upfit center and and take the truck down for three or four hours just to get the the hardware installed right telematics equipment or sensors or uh, the wiring harness that's three or four hours of downtime right there uh, and not counting the the lost productivity I mean that's huge and then in the future when they are changing uh, imagine you know a, a truck a fleet with a, a thousand trucks uh, changing out the hardware and each again each time you you're spending half a day taking the, the the truck apart and putting the new hardware in so that's huge when you multiply that across the the scale of our, our our customers' trucks so that's where we, we see the productivity really improving because of this solution, and then finally you know obviously you know from a, a truck OEM perspective, what our customers like about this solution is that we are standing behind the hardware in the truck uh, and it's part of our warranty process so that creates a seamless frictionless experience for our customers as well
2: I, I love seeing it I love seeing it and I think this is a very Needed and cool evolution and iteration upon our yeah, market. And we, you know, absolutely. F3, we're highlighting the future of freight. And it does seem like we're getting there with some of these technologies actually launching. You know, there's, there, there's still so many things in freight where you look at it and you go, all right, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. This is a step closer. I really like it. People want to learn more. Where do I send
0: them to? Well, you know, they can go to our website, or our Platform Science website. And actually, there is a, a virtual vehicle.io uh, website that we're putting up uh, as of today. So people can go, go to those websites and learn more about our our joint product. Thank you so much for your time
2: today. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Sanjeev. Take it easy. Now, you know, you know what sounds pretty futuristic? Autonomous yeah. vehicles, right? Oh, yeah. Autonomous vehicles. Now, I, people send me know. spy shots all the time of, of like the Waymo cars, like the Waymo taxis, you know, and they're very yeah. unique looking because they have the big cameras on top and the big sensors and everything. Well, yeah. we're going to talk about how that's going to work for trucking with Matt Carroll. He's a product manager over at Waymo and he works on Waymo Via. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Exciting times for Waymo. And like I was just saying when I was introducing you, I think a lot of people are familiar, like seeing the pictures on social media, of the Waymo cars. Let's talk a little bit about the trucks, though. What is trucking looking like right now?
7: Right. Well, first, let me just kind of give an intro of Waymo itself. So Waymo is a company uh, that formed out of Alphabet, uh, the uh, Google uh, subsidiary. Uh, And our mission is to make it safer and easier for people and things to move on the highway we're building the world's most experienced driver and we're building a single driver that can work with multiple applications. So we, so as you're just referring to, we have Waymo One for moving people and we have Waymo Via for moving goods. So uh, in terms of an update on, on what the truck side is working on, uh, we're currently testing in the Southwest US. So Arizona, Texas, and California on some of the major freight corridors there, including I-10, I-20, and I-45. Uh, and we'll be expanding to new regions in the coming years. From a development perspective, uh, we're continuing to work on some of the core driving capabilities that we'll need to work on highways, including lane changes, uh, merges, uh, construction zones, dense traffic, etc. cetera. Uh, we're working on developing a fully redundant uh, Freightliner platform uh, that, we'll, that uh, we can install the Waymo driver on. Uh, We're also continuing to operate a small-scale fleet uh, in order for us to learn more about the system and some of the uh, unique challenges that we'll encounter. Uh, And finally, we're uh, also conducting a number of pilots still with an autonomous specialist in the driver's seat um, to help us learn more and collaborate with fleets uh, about what it's going to take to scale this technology. So
3: it sounds like you guys are up to a lot of stuff. Wouldn't you say there, Mr. Yeah, Dooner? Yeah, that was So Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this, all right? I mean, uh, autonomous trucking, it's going to solve all our woes. How is it going to do that stuff? And what's the evolution? Can it not be used as it comes on before there's no driver in that truck?
7: That's certainly a possibility. Uh, we are focused on building a fully autonomous uh, system where we can remove the uh, the driver. Uh, and we see this as, uh, first of all, kind of... A, a, a slow evolution over time, right? So this technology is not going to be one day kind of everywhere in the U S it'll be a gradual transition. Mm -hmm. Uh, our focus initially is going to be on long haul trucking routes. Uh, the areas that are hardest, uh, to hire for today and the areas where the driver shortage is most salient. Uh, and so we sort of see this as being like a hybrid, uh, where, um, uh, human drivers are still able to operate on those local loads and doing some of those more challenging, shorter trips, uh, and uh, and the Waymo driver can operate on some of the areas where the driver shortage is really most salient.
2: Now, let's talk about something here. So, with human drivers, their biggest complaint is detention time—the time that they have to wait at docks and also parking, huge issue. Autonomous trucks, they're still going to have the same issues. They're going to have to deal with having to find parking for this truck. They're going to have to deal with waiting at docks. Someone's losing money if it's not moving. It's whomever owns the autonomous truck at that point. What do we do there? How do we enforce those things and maybe through autonomy, make the industry better for it? Hmm.
7: Yeah. So I think that there's a number of different ways that, um, that autonomous vehicles can improve efficiency Right. And so the first is through just cost savings, as you can imagine, lower labor costs. Uh, And we can do uh, so we can do that in a number of ways by a not having drivers on the long haul portions of the trip. But we can also kind of use this fleet, which is a more intelligent fleet, which with better visibility uh, to optimize better to deal with kind of detention times um, and parking challenges. And so we can better allocate the fleet in different locations. Uh, and we can, um, uh, you know, we can leverage our our model of autonomous vehicles to kind of minimize the amount of labor time that's, that's wasted at, uh, you know, just waiting for the truck to be loaded or unloaded. Um, and there's also a couple other efficiencies that we can see. So better asset utilization. We can operate these trucks 24-7 without any hours of service concerns. We can have faster deliveries, again, because we're not stopping to sleep uh, on multi-day trips. Uh, and we can, as I mentioned earlier, kind of have better visibility into the fleet, which can also help improve the efficiency.
3: Yeah, so uh, Matt, go into some of the things, you you know, you're doing all this testing out in the desert southwest, right, Mm -hmm. and you're going to move into other regions, and I can imagine why that is. There's different traffic patterns, different weather you have to deal with. Driving autonomously in Pittsburgh is totally different than, you know, Tempe or something like that. What are some of the things that you guys have been uh, learning over these tests?
7: Yeah, so uh, we've learned a lot, actually. So, one of the things that uh, we've done recently is we actually have a strategic collaboration with J.B. Hunt and we conducted a pilot with them on I-45 and that's uh, Dallas to Houston in Texas. We conducted this pilot with one of J.B. Hunt's leading customers uh, over the course of several weeks and and just a few interesting stats. We carried uh, about a million pounds of freight uh, with zero accidents and 100% on-time pickup and delivery Um, and so that was really informative for us. in terms of some of the the things that we learned through through this trial and others uh, similar ones we we've, we've been conducting, um, first of all, we learned that the Waymo driver can deliver freight today. We also got a lot of insights when comparing the Waymo driver's performance to uh, to a manual performance and and how it manages certain tasks uh, differently. Um, we, we've noticed, uh, you know, every time we, we do pilots like this, uh, the unpredictability of freight in terms of loading times and schedules, but also kind of how trucks are loaded. It's very uh, apparent. And so uh, we always have interesting takeaways from that perspective. Um, and uh, yeah, again, just more about how loads can vary and some of the different challenges that we are going to encounter as we think about scaling uh, a, an operation where we're carrying a lot of loads.
2: Now we have about a minute left. How long until we start seeing these trucks all over the place?
7: Yeah. So I, I, first of all, I want—I uh, should clarify. So Waymo on the passenger car side is already operating uh, fully uh, driver out um, uh, uh, ride hailing service. And so sure. if, you, if you're in the trucks, Phoenix, Arizona, what's that? Uh,
2: but, but the trucks.
7: Yeah. So on the on our side, uh, we're focused on developing a scalable product. Um, No specific timelines to share today, but in the next few years, we're going to start seeing this platform roll out as we uh, have both a uh, a safe and scalable truck platform, as well as uh, safe and scalable software that we can use as well.
2: Very cool. Waymo Via for moving the freight, right? There you go. Thank you so much for your time today, Matt. We appreciate it.
7: Thank you for having me.
2: Pretty cool. Thanks, man. F3, even more of the future of freight. Still yeah, some, absolutely, absolutely. Still some challenges there. Still some challenges there in the thing. Hey, They're we got right. even more show coming up. There's a fireside chat ensuring across borders the growth of borderless coverage of freight shipments. That's Mark Vickers from Alliance Partners. Now you and I got to head over to Alliance Partners last week. We did. Two days from now, you'll see that segment on the show. Oh, is it that right? may or may not be how your ankle got broken when I put you in that figure <laughs> four leg lock and made you tap out and scream. Woo! All right, stay tuned. There's more F three coming at you. He said love.